Have you ever wondered why your mind haunts you? Have you ever felt that despite your best efforts to stay on top of things, you just can't seem to? Have you ever struggled to unwind and relax in your free time? Have you ever experienced struggle sleeping, headaches, irritability, difficulty concentrating, or a constant feeling of being on edge? How about feeling nervous before presentations, having your heart graze, your palms sweat, your throat close, and your mind going blank just even thinking about it? Well, it's not just you. In fact, a study conducted in Spain in 2019 found that 20% of students experience some form of anxiety in their lives, and 16% of those struggle specifically with public speaking. Hey there, I'm Alessia Armini, and welcome to another episode of Mind Your Coffee. As we all know, in Venezuela, coffee is more than just a beverage. It's the centerpiece of every important conversation, especially tough ones. That's why in this podcast, we're going to tackle mental health issues in students, just like we would over a cup of coffee. In this episode, we'll be diving into topics like anxiety, stress, stage fright, and glossophobia. We'll hear firsthand from students at CEU San Pablo University, as well as insight and advice from our resident psychologist and a professional expert on public speaking. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for this important and engaging discussion on mental health in students. Let's start breaking down the stigma and supporting each other, one cup of coffee at a time. Joining us today, we have a member of our team, our psychologist, Trina Itriago de Schwartz. Trina has a master's in social work with a focus on family. During the pandemic, she worked with a large company in Venezuela providing support to employees struggling with anxiety. We're thrilled to have Trina here with us today to share some insights and experiences with us, as well as answer some related questions to the topic of the day. She has a wealth of knowledge in her field, and her work during the pandemic has been especially valuable. So let's dive in and learn more about Trina's work and how she's helping others during their challenging times. Welcome, Trina. Hi. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're happy to have you. As you know, in today's episode, we will be tackling the topic of stress and anxiety in students. And with so much experience as you have dealing with teenagers in many different environments, I feel like it's safe to say that in our day-to-day -day lives, we all go through some form of anxiety. But how do we identify the symptoms as to not confuse them with just normal stress, but actually be able to define them as anxiety? Okay, when the stress situation is over, you feel fine again. In this case, it's just a stress. It is different from everyday worries that tends to be out of proportion or unrealistic. Anxiety can appear in different forms and different levels of intensity. In a physiological level, you have your dry mouth, heart beats, muscle tense. In your behavioral stage, you can be paralyzed. You are not able to do whatever you usually do. In your physiological level, will produce a state of apprehension and uneasiness. In its most extreme form of it, will cause detachment, fear of dying, or fear of getting crazy. And in your opinion, to what level of anxiety can we get to before it's no longer healthy? Okay, when you realize that you are not able to function as well as you used to, you need to get help. 
I wasn't really expecting that. So what can we do in order to help ourselves or even help others? Is it medication? Is therapy the best way? What would you recommend? I think the first thing is you have to live a healthy life to do exercise. You have to get a good nutritional way of eat. Of course, there are techniques to manage anxiety. Some have to be with your physiological well-being, like meditation, relaxation, yoga could help you. One of the things that is happening today is that you get detached of yourself. You have to be doing a lot of stuff and you don't get in touch with yourself. Absolutely. And knowing that there are a lot of students out there feeling and dealing with it in different ways and different scenarios, I decided to ask a few of them when they felt more anxious during the year and how they dealt with it. Here is what they said. I get the most anxious near university deadlines, especially when it comes to presentations. The thing that creates the most anxiety for me is when I have a lot of responsibilities and concerns at the same time. I'm not very good at dealing with it, but what I tend to do is listening to music or listening to a comedy podcast. And what I think helps me the most is talking to my family and venting about it. What I do to address them is I write everything down just to organize my thoughts and clear my mind on what are the possible deadlines and what are the things that are out of my scope of responsibilities and just go to therapy. I think everyone could benefit from going to therapy. Well, that was certainly very interesting. It would seem different things are affecting the students. But Trina, what would you think leads to anxiety in the first place? The lifestyle that we are living today is very dangerous because we are detached of ourselves. Technology is eating us. And in regard to what the students said about public speaking, in a faculty that largely deals with presentations as we do in this one, what do you recommend students to do to deal with cases of glossophobia? First, you have to work about your respiration, deep breath. Second, you have to see what you say to yourself. You have to give you affirmation, like you are going to be able to do it. Another point is get really prepared for your speech. Feel comfortable with your speech. Well, Trina, thank you so much for joining me and answering all of my questions and giving the listeners such great advice. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Trina will be joining me for the next episode where we will discuss the trouble with graduating and what's next. In the meantime, stay tuned for an interview with Professor Marina Martin, where she will give us advice on how to deal with public speaking. Stay tuned. Now with us, we have Marina Martin, who is a college professor at San Pablo CEU University and a doctoral student of music. She has worked in the account department of three major digital agencies handling clients like Volvo, Samsung, and the Guggenheim Museum. And she will be giving us tips and tricks on how to better communicate in public. Welcome, Marina. Thank you. Well, Marina, after so many years in the world of advertising, where you ha were constantly exposing yourself to the, an audience with your bosses or clients, and even as I mentioned before, a collaborator in the university giving classes, do you ever get nervous? Um, it's a very good question, and I would answer no, to be honest. 
I think that for me, it's the key aspects of everything that has to do with getting nervous and talking in public would be being convinced and basically believe in what you're saying. So I just get nervous when I'm not, I'm not convinced about what I'm saying or I don't believe in what I'm saying. Um, most of the times, if it's, if it's something that I didn't prepare myself, but I would say that if I believe in the content, like I can do it without any nerves. Okay, and with that in mind, do you think that there's a tried and true way of speaking in public and being able to control your nerves? Yes, definitely. I mean, not maybe 100% because I think I, I'm a person that has the opinion that not always practicing is everything. And maybe we can talk about that later. But the thing is that if you get used to doing the presentations or presenting or um, talking in public, etc. If you're used to do that, you're going to find it easier. Um, so practice every time that you need to be a little bit more comfortable, but maybe you're not going to be 100%. And that's okay, in my opinion. Okay. And what do you think of those who refuse to even try to speak in public due to anxiety? I understand, to be honest, never happened to me. So, I mean, um, sometimes I get nervous, maybe not in the context that, you know, in class or in front of my bosses, etc. But maybe if I put myself in a context like a Congress or something like that, I have to be like honest with you and, and with myself, I would maybe get nervous. The thing is that I would understand that someone could be super And I see it in some of my students that they get super nervous and blocked. I don't really, I mean, I don't really understand it because it's not like my case, but I respect it a lot. So maybe they could find their own way. I mean, what's the thing that is doing in their head or whatever and try to calm it? You know, maybe it's memorizing, which I don't really recommend that, but maybe. Uh, it's having your own notes. It's maybe practicing with your family. It's maybe saying the same presentation like 10 times, um, having everything under control, having some water with you, having a pen in your hands, having, I don't know, some tips or some tricks that you could use to, to calm like your nurse. But I completely understand that maybe in some situations, uh, even with practicing, even, even doing everything right is not enough. Could happen. Why not? Well, and keeping that in mind, with so many years in teaching and so many years in the business world, have you ever witnessed a case where someone couldn't do it and learn to overcome it? And if so, do you possibly know how? Not an extreme case, but in some cases I can see inside a class environment that some people is not comfortable at all. And usually are the cases where the students worked harder and they have a deeper knowledge of what they did, which is pretty surprising, but it's like the common situation. I have some, let's say, tips, tricks, I don't know, to help them in that case. So for example, I usually very close to the people that is uh, that are doing the, the presentation and I usually not at what they are saying. Uh, that helps them a lot. And some students told me that that helps them to, to be like more confident. I said at the beginning, right? It's confidence about what you're saying. So when they see me as a professor nodding, they understand that they are doing well and you can see almost instantly that they 
are starting to feel like more comfortable and they talk better. They they start to also look at some other parts of in class. And so, for example, that's a tool or I usually recommend them to have some water, to have some restart. It's okay if you have to stop just some seconds to repeat what you said to give you, you know, the chance to remember what you were saying. So it's okay. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've done a presentation here in school or someone else and just staring at the professor and they having like a blank face just <laughs> kind of throws you off. And with that in mind, I'm talking about presentations and class. You mentioned before that repetition is a big thing and that you think that's mm -hmm. a way of beating nerves. Are you a believer in that sort of notion of practicing something enough times and that that could lead to success? Or do you think it could get you only so far? I can't lie about that. I mean, how many times do you have to or do you need to repeat something until you're comfortable enough to do a good presentation? Maybe in one case is 100 times and maybe in another case it's just one time. So I, I think that you have or we have to assume our limits. So maybe it's not perfect, but because if you're seeking perfection, this is going to block you. So it's okay if it's not perfect. For me, the, the essence of everything is transmitting what you worked in and what you did and what you're trying to sell to transmit to whatever in the best way. Yeah, I totally agree. And I do feel that perfectionism is kind of a, a big problem right yeah, now. Exactly especially because of social media and all these things that kids are exposed to nowadays. And, mm -hmm. you know, for me personally, it hasn't always been easy to be able to do public speaking. It's something that I had to get good at and it's something that I worked on throughout time. And I do believe that nowadays you couldn't really tell that I'm not mm -hmm. comfortable not in public speaking. And with that kind of uh, notion in mind, have you ever heard of glossophobia? No. <laughs> okay. Doesn't matter if you haven't. Okay. Many people haven't. It's actually the diagnosed fear of public speaking. And what would you say if I told you that this glossophobia is common in 75% of the people nowadays, most of whom are women and young people? Makes sense. I believe it. 75% is a lot and it's a pity because why not? Maybe you're not perfect like talking or um, speaking in public or doing a presentation or whatever. I mean, uh, in your social relationships or making friends or anything. But you don't need to. <laughs> That's the thing because you're going to be perfect in something else. I mean, if all of us are perfect or are good in the same uh, aspect, in the same areas, we're not enriching the groups and we cannot learn from each other. So one of the good things of working in groups, in teams, working together with other teachers here in the, the university, with you, with the students, or with someone else inside an agency, inside a company, etc., is that, okay, I'm good at that, and you're good at that, so let's work together. So for me, the key aspects here, it's believing in you, in yourself. So the problem is that. If you don't believe in yourself, you cannot transmit confidence, and you're going to have even a phobia. Yeah, absolutely. And well, Marina, I just want to thank you, honestly, for answering all of my questions, giving the listeners such great advice and insight. I do feel like it's going to help a lot of them Hopefully. to just relax a little bit. 
Um, well, thank you for coming. I just want to add a, a tiny message or a small message. Of course. Um, believe in, what, in your work. Because as I already said, most of the time, the people that get more like nerves, etc., is when you worked. Yeah. If you didn't care... You wouldn't uh, get nervous. Exactly. Yeah. So think about that. I'm nervous because this is worth. I mean, that makes sense. That's why I'm I'm nervous, right? Yeah. Um, because I put all my efforts here and I don't want it to be, I don't know, I don't want the teacher to tell me anything like bad or something uh, that is not correct because in my opinion, is good. Yeah. And so students want others to feel as proud as they feel exactly. the work that we've done. But that means that you did a good work. Yeah, absolutely. God, okay. I wish that uh, you could come back again in the future and we could have these conversations. Whenever again. you want. <laughs> so thank you for coming, Marina. Thank I you. really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And that's a wrap for our first episode of Mind Your Coffee. We hope you enjoyed our conversation about mental health issues in students and how we can tackle them one cup of coffee at a time. We heard some amazing insights and personal experiences from students at Seo San Pablo University and gained valuable advice from our psychologist and professional guest speaker on public speaking. Remember, mental health is something that affects us all and it's important to keep the conversation going. So let's keep talking, keep supporting each other and keep enjoying our coffee-filled conversations. Thanks for joining us today and we will see you soon for another episode of Mind Your Coffee.